Hello, everyone, and welcome to the People's Voice podcast. Uh, I'm Troy Rafferty. Uh, I'm proud to uh, uh, be having this podcast today. I've got a very special guest with me today, Pastor Lonnie Wesley uh, of Greater Little Rock Baptist Church, and we are thrilled to have him here. He is uh, an incredible leader in our community and also a great author, uh, he's got a book that he's written called The Seven, taking a closer look at what it means to be a deacon. Um, it's a tremendous book, and I recommend it to everybody. Uh, Pastor Wesley, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So what, what we want to do is, obviously, uh, Black History Month just kicked off. And, you know, and so I want to talk a little bit about Black History Month and what that means to you, what that means to our community and those types of issues. Also, given the fact that we're facing some really interesting times right now, gun violence, especially in our community, but across the country, uh, and we're seeing it here in Pensacola, gun violence has really picked up, um, and, and we have a governor who has now not only banned African-American history from AP courses, but now is trying to do away with any diversity, equality, and inclusion discussions in schools so i just you know uh, you know which is just incredible to me especially since he's doing it right now during black history month <laughs> and he's just basically saying we can't have the conversation one of the things we do on the people's people's voice and one of the important things that we do on the people's voice is we want to have the conversation you can agree with us you can disagree with us you can agree with you or me or anybody else or disagree but we have to have the conversation because if the conversation isn't happening then we are literally taking one step forward and two steps back. So let me let me kick this off. Uh, everybody wants to hear from you, not me. No. <laughs> and so so uh, the question I have is, let's talk a little bit about Black History Month and what that means. Yeah. How long do we have? <laughs> we got a, we got we got as long as you want. <laughs> um, it means it means a lot of things to me. Black History means a lot of things to me. Black History Month means a lot of things to me. Uh, Carter G. Woodson, 1926. Carter G. Carter G. Woodson, 1926. He, Brother Woodson, um, was the catalyst for one week. It was called Negro History Week, and he started it off um, the second week of February in. And he said, Woodson said, he uh, specifically targeted that day um, to coincide with the birth dates of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass. So from Negro History Week um, in 26, that's what birthed what we now know as Black History Month, which has been celebrated since... 74 in the month of February. So that's a very brief synopsis of how <laughs> we got what most people, what I dare say, the common folk, just regular people like me, you, that's what, that's that's how we got to where we are to with we are. Black History Month. Carter G. Woodson, um, member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. So, okay, just to go into a little bit more detail in that, okay, uh, in that, uh, Troy um, Woodson 
um, said about, he, he's known as the father of black history, Carter G. Woodson. Okay. He's known as the father of black history. And he came across that, not only the moniker, but the work, because, check this out, Woodson said he noticed the lack of um, um, exploits, no, the lack, the lack of notoriety of the exploits of black Americans. What black people had done in this country had been intentionally left out of the history books. Which is what Governor DeSantis is trying to do again. I'm getting there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I'm going I'm to I'm shut, I'm no, shut up. Well, well, yeah, we can just skip to the end. Is it, is it not amazing how history repeats itself? That's why we have Black History Month in a nutshell. Because the history writers, the gatekeepers, to use a mass com um, um, vernacular here, the, gatekeeper, the gatekeepers were intentionally making sure that they did not include what the former slave or the uh, daughter or son of the former slave, the grandchild, let's not say what they did. Let's not say that they invented the traffic light. Let's not say that they pioneered... Um, um, blood transfusion. Let's let's not let's not let's not just forget about it. It never happened. So, so so okay. So this is an interesting question for me. It's really sad to me. Um, so what a lot of people I think misconstrue is Black History Month should be a celebration. That's what it was of meant all to be. of what what black Americans have done and how they've contributed and how they've, as you listed out several things, it should be a celebration. And yet so many, so many people, including our governor, seems afraid of it. Yeah. It, has to I be. don't want to get too political, Yeah, but the reality is, is he's, he's running from it and it is a stain. Listen, yeah. the, it, You're not getting, it's a stain on white America. You're not getting too political because there has to be, there has to be a political reason for this kind of stance from our governor. There has to be. I'm almost hoping that it is because if it's not a political thing, then that means it's just personal. And I hope that a person's heart isn't so hardened against something that is so American. I mean, it. I mean, just like we should. We don't. We don't have. Some people don't have to be lauded because you're in a position that is yours already. But when it comes to those who um, are not in that position, whether it's African Americans or Italian Americans or Puerto Rican Americans or Jewish Americans, it doesn't matter. There's, surely my heart isn't that hard to try to int intentionally cut you out and, and pretend that you're not here and that you don't matter. I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine a person's heart being like but, that. Jordan. But I, you know, it has and, to be I don't think. Well, and that's because you're pure of heart. I mean, and that's well, what that's what I'm, people pure of heart think. But there are people out there, and there are people in power. One of the things I always say: we have to talk truth to power, and the people in power have to hear. And that's one of the things we try to do on the people's voices. Not just give a voice to people who don't have one, but maybe to people who have one, but they aren't being heard. Yeah. And so so my point of all that is to say, if he is in power, which he is, he's the top executive official in the state of Florida, he is the governor, um, but if he is taking a position it's wrong. that is wrong, we have to say something. Absolutely. 
And we have to take I mean, I and and I don't know if this was intentional on his part, a slap in the face, so to speak. Um, but it makes me wonder if it's political, it has to be it, intentional. It it makes me wonder why he is doing these things right at the beginning of Black History Month. Yeah. yeah. Why he is eliminating diversity discussions yeah. in our schools. Yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah, we 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 know this. That we know none of this is coincidental. We know that. Uh, as ugly as it is, and as as we, I mean, we can hold out hope and hope against hope that is not personal. Whatever it is, it doesn't excuse it, personal or political. It's ugly. It's wrong. Uh, there's nothing right about it. Um, and you know what? Did, what the did king say? What did Martin Luther King say? Um, um, you know, if those that I'm going to paraphrase it, those that are silent are just as guilty. Mm-hmm. If we if we know it's wrong and don't say it and don't have this podcast, if we know it's wrong and don't say it in whatever medium that that we have at our at our disposal, then we would be complicit in that wrongness. Yeah, we, we have, have to. We it's have wrong, to have the conversation. We have to and have the conversation. But and let's let's just let's just start from the premise. It's just wrong what he's doing. That's correct. I mean, let's just face it. That's correct. It's just wrong. And it literally is taking one step forward, two steps back. I was talking the other day about Elizabeth Eckford, who we had the privilege yeah, of having yeah, yeah, yeah. here in town. Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and, and, yeah, the, the Little Rock Nine. The Little Rock Nine, yeah. And, I mean, the courage that, that, that she showed at that young of an age to walk through that angry mob of white people, yeah. that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. And 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 if we don't talk about things, we forget about things. Yeah. And then history's going to repeat itself. Yeah. But right now, you think about what she went through, and I'm going to give another plug to a book, The Worst First Day that she wrote, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great book about her, well. her trials and tribulations that she went through. Yeah. Um, um, but the fact of the matter is, if we don't learn from that, it's going to repeat itself, yeah. and I really do feel like, and I'd like your opinion on this, I really do feel like since the the politics of fear have taken over in the country, starting with Trump, I'm, I, it's just true. Yeah. I mean, he taught people it was yeah. okay to hate. Yeah. He taught people it was out okay. Out loud. Yeah. Out loud. Yeah, it's okay and to, to hate and, out and, loud. And, to, and yeah. to make it okay. Yeah. yeah. And now DeSantis is continuing that, yeah. that plan. Yeah. yeah. And if if we're going to do something, we have to do it, and it's got to be a, a discussion. It's got to be communication. It's yeah. got to be talking yeah. um, and having this discussion. But yeah. what, do you, what, and, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I agree, and not just having the discussion, but having the discussion this way, um, not in a very uh, violent way. Um, history has taught us that that's not the answer uh, at all. Um, it doesn't matter if it's physical or, or verbal. Um, that's not the answer. But an intellectual conversation is the way um, to not only keep it going, but to get things done after you. My dad used to say it's okay to pray, but after you pray, you got to get up and put some legs on those prayers. And 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 that's exactly like that. that's exactly like what that. we're that, that's exactly what you what you do what. This is doing what we're doing, and 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 the people who who listen to this. I I, I want to say one word on that. Sure, go ahead. To to ban certain things from being taught is literally going against what higher education is all about. Higher education is all about not only receiving a thought, but receiving contradictory 
thoughts, thoughts sure. of contradiction. Yeah, learn what's right, but you can also learn what's wrong. Don't am I learning if I'm only getting information that I agree with? Right. <laughs> I contend that I'm not learning. Well, if I'm if, just talking, I'm telling you what I know. Right. If I'm listening, I need to I'm learning other, something. <laughs> in order, exactly. Look, in order to learn, you need to know A and B, not just A. So it, to, I believe it, it cuts across the, the very definition of higher learning to say that colleges can look at other sides of coins. Um, we don't want to hear the thing that makes us uncomfortable. That's. But isn't that really what it's about? That's really it's, what's if, about. If, if, and I wonder, I'm just going to flat out say it. The governor, <laughs> I mean, it, based on all his actions, he just doesn't want to talk about anybody that's different from him. And that's not good. That's not education. That's not a white male. Yeah. Went to Harvard, you know, Ivy League schools, yeah. you know. That's not America. And has, has uh, you know, a lovely family who, by all, by all accounts, are a lovely family. Yeah. And, and wonderful, wonderful wife and kids. Yeah. But the reality is he wants to ban anything that's not that, – that makes him yeah. uncomfortable, which is evidently anybody that's not him. Yeah, and that's not America because um, all of us didn't come from that kind of background. There, there, are, some, there are some people who were born I, – I used to work in the league. You know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I had to do in the league was to uh, help with the drive chart. The drive chart is that chart that shows the teams how far they had to drive to score and how long it took them to get there. That's the drive chart. So some folks were born on the 25-yard line, on their own 25-yard line. They had to drive 75 yards to score. There are some folks that were born on the 15 and only had to go 15 yards to score. So don't don't tell me, Mr. Governor, that everybody should be within the 15-yard line to score because that's not America. That's not the truth of the matter. No. And, and it hurts the very fabric of our community. It's a slap in the face to say that we don't appreciate those who are born on the 25 having to go 75 yards or those who are born on the 10 having to go 90 yards. My God, some people were born on the goal right. line had to go 100 yards. Born on third base, Hello, think somebody. they hit that triple. That's my point, <laughs> to use, okay, go from football to baseball <laughs> analogy. Some, some people are born on third base and get the score when others were born literally at the plate and they had to scratch and claw their way to first so what, base. So what do we do, Pastor? What do we do? Um, today's culture, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled by it. I am. I'm just troubled by it. I think we have literally taken two steps back from where we were 15 years ago, okay? I think we were starting to make some progress. I mean, we had uh, 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 President Obama, elected um i i just I, I i fear that because of the culture that we've the 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 politics of fear as i call it it's the politics of fear that because of that now we are sinking backwards yeah. into this abyss that we may never be able to climb out of so what so i guess instead of talking about the problem let's talk about the solution what do we do well, you knew I was a preacher before you invited me here. I know, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're my so, favorite preacher. <laughs> so I have to say it starts with love, man. I have to say that. If I love Troy, it doesn't matter to me what Troy's background is. If I can just get to know him and get to love him. I just met three or four people I have never met before. I don't have anything against them at all. So that's why it, it makes me shudder to think of the people who would have something to do, something against somebody else that they don't know. Does that not make sense? If we can get our community back, 
to loving one another. That's the difference. Genuine love. It matters not if, if we're the same color, same age group, same generation, same amount of kids. You like dolls. I hate cats. None of that, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, 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 so. if we can just love each other, man, and treat each other. So let me say this. Okay, go ahead. That speaks to socioeconomic opportunities, though. Okay. Because loving each other. Explain what that. Explain so what for you're those people about in po- those people in power, whomever those power brokers are, traditionally sometimes have made certain rules. Um, Pensacola, there's a reason why the 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 intersection the intersection of Ninth and Brent looks vastly different than the intersection of Mobile Highway and Fairfield. Okay. Somebody made a decision that we're going to pour resources into what is now the Canova Mall area, and we're not going to pour resources into what used to be the J.M. Fields Marital Mall area. That's in the city of USA. There's a reason why one side of the city is vibrant and moving with nice-looking signs and nice-looking lights, and there's the other side of the city is the exact opposite, scuffling to get sidewalks. So you're, so you're actually bringing up an interesting – I don't, I don't mean to transition. It's your show. I agree, Talk with, to I, me, I agree with you. Yeah. But let's talk about the issue of gentrification then. Same I mean, thing. Because right now you have – you know, and we see it it's, – it's happening across America. But it also we see it here in our community, where where blacks are being forced out of areas because of gentrification. So what are what are your thoughts on gentrification and, and where we're headed yeah. uh, with that? Yeah, we 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 are um, in the city USA again. I mean, it's happening everywhere. I thank God. I really really know um, in my heart that Pensacola has had now its, um, second mayor, uh, consecutively, um, maybe even third consecutively, that's looking to make sure that those lines are being erased and make it and made easier to give everybody an opportunity to own a home, to stay in their neighborhood, um, those that live in the neighborhood, everybody, regardless of race. Attainable ev- housing. Attainable housing. Everybody wants to live in a place where they feel safe. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, polka dot, pinstripe. It doesn't matter. Old, young. Nobody wants to live in a neighborhood uh, that's drug infested or crime infested. Nobody Shootings. chooses to live Nobody in Nobody chooses. That. I'm, going to, I'm going to move over there. Where do they shoot at? That's where <laughs> that's I want where to I go. Want to go. No, who said, who wakes up in the morning that. saying that? Nobody. So uh, I'm blessed to say that I really believe, Troy, I really believe that we are probably, this administration is just going to build on what the previous administration left and and they built on it. And we're working our way to finding those solutions to get that kind of problem out because what we're doing with gentrification and other measures, we are, we are getting closer to not having a middle class not even a lower middle class. And uh, we don't want downtown Pensacola to be a place where only the rich folk right. can go and enjoy. Because um, so, so that's going to lead to even more crime, and it's going to lead to even more. When you have the haves and the have-nots, right. the have-nots easily become filled with frustration. And when I don't have, I'm going to go get, because I'm going to take care of my family. So, so okay another point um and i've talked with our mutual friend commissioner lumen may 
many Who's times. I, I know <laughs> you know him. But I've talked to him a lot about these types of issues. And one of the things that we need to work on, because you, you talked about love. We also need to talk about hope. Absolutely. Okay. So, That's so a May. lot of That's our right. kids, and, and Commissioner, and Commissioner <laughs> May, com, Commissioner right. May is 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 a tremendous asset to this mm-hmm. community, as are you. All the time. Um, and I think one of the things we need to really focus on is our kids and hope, because, like you said, I mean, if they don't have hope, that if our youth don't have any hope that they're going to ever be able to climb out of poverty or climb out of whatever living condition they're in then it's never going to change right and 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 so what i want to encourage everybody to do what i try to encourage everybody to do is go outside your comfort zone if if you're black go go to uh, a white church you know on sunday to 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 experience it that's right I, i i think that the inclusion part uh you know or if you're white Go to a black church mm-hmm. on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I'm just using churches mm-hmm. as, as a thing because you're a pastor. Well made, yeah. But but my point is, if we don't understand each other, if we don't understand that, then we can never provide the hope and love that we're talking about. Right. That's exactly right. I agree 100. And so, I think I think one of the things, and I know you do a lot for the community, uh, which we all very much appreciate, and you are definitely a hero in this community, um, and. Uh, but we have to really focus on the kids and making sure that these kids know that there is hope and that there is love and that there is inclusion and, you know, no matter what. I'm going to go back to my example of when I worked in the league. What okay. I mean by that is— When you say the league, explain NFL, the NFL. NFL. First, yeah, that's right. I just want to make sure the, yeah, yeah, the listeners know what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. I apologize. That's right, the NFL. <laughs> So I was a junior at Alabama State University, which is an HBCU, Historically Black College and University, Alabama State University. Mm-hmm. I had to do an internship, my major public relations under MassCom. My SID, Sports Information Director, met the SID at Miami, which was Rich Dalrymple. Fast forwarding, Jimmy Johnson gets hired from Miami to Dallas. Rich needs an intern. He asked Jack, my SID, do you, man, I need an intern. Jack says, I know the guy. He's a junior in my office, Lionel Wesley. I get the job. I get the internship. Okay? You Rich, got the opportunity. I got the, that's where I'm going. That's okay. exactly right. Go Rich wanted a, a young man or a young lady from an HBCU because he wanted to give someone the opportunity that was not there historically. I was the only person of color in that office. Went on from there to get hired, same deal, with Cleveland Browns because Kevin Byrne, who was VP of communications, from there when Art moved the team under the cover of night to Baltimore. He went to Baltimore. Oh, that, was a horrible, that, yeah. was a that was a horrible thing. That was a horrible thing. That was another conversation. <laughs> it worked out pretty good for them. But anyway, um, uh, Kevin says to me, he says, you know why I hired you, Lonnie, and, and, and Bruce, and Dale? I said, why? He said, because you three came from, I was from the SWAC, uh, Alabama State. Bruce was from the MEAC, and Dale, small school out west. But here's the point. He said, I could have gotten somebody from the Big Ten. But those, those students from the Big Ten, they have people to do everything that needed to be done. I said, I get it. I was the correlator. 
we didn't have a copy machine that collated. I was the, t- the stapler. <laughs> we didn't have a staple machine that stapled. That was me. You did it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did it all. He said, I needed somebody who knew how to work. I want to give you the opportunity. That's the, but that's the point, giving somebody the opportunity. It's not, it's not oh, my God, what's the program that was um, political? It was so political. Quotas. It wasn't a quota meeting oh, a quota or anything like that. It was about loving somebody enough to give them the chance and the opportunity to be successful. Now, I still had to go work. Yeah. They could have dismissed me after the first day. I had to perform. But because of the work ethic that I was literally forced and blessed to get. And that's the same thing I'm saying about it. every child USA just about. Yeah. Give somebody the chance to see if they will at least be able to perform up to your expectations. Um, that's the hope. That's <laughs> Going the back hope. full circle that, that, that Lou and May is talking about. Oftentimes <laughs> I concur with him. Yeah. Um, giving that child hope. Um, every Tuesday, I'm at C.A. Weiss. Mm-hmm. You may, well, you won't be. Most people may be surprised to see how well, oh, my God, man, it's just a blessing to see. Like every child at every school is not going to be able to. You won't find every school where every child, you know, public school, everybody is performing at grade level. You're going to have some. Yeah. Those are the ones that need me and need you and need those that are listening. Instead of us complaining, let's get out. You just said it. Let's get out there and get uncomfortable and give an hour a week out of our time right. and mentor somebody, read with somebody, read to somebody, help somebody's AP score um, go up. That's what it's about. But don't be surprised when you see so many other children already outperforming go, that, go, go, that, go, that go measure. To, go to a uh, high school basketball game. Go to a high school football game. Meet people. Get to know people in the community. Um, I mean, that's important. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I think you're talking about. Get outside whatever it is that you yeah, do. Go help. You know, w- whatever it is that, that you're doing. Um, let, me, let me bring up one more thing because – we talked about this just – I touched on it at the beginning, gun violence. Yeah, you did, yeah. We have a real problem with gun violence in this country. Yeah. Real problem. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are in terms of – I mean, we are seeing it, – it's almost – honestly, every morning I wake up and I turn – as soon as I wake up and I wake up 3 o'clock in the morning, I'll turn on the news. There's, It, it seems like – impossible to not say that there's another shooting yeah. and and some of it's race-based some of it's not and some of it's just plain gun violence and hatred yeah. and um you know one of the things that i preach a lot about is uh, not only the racism and i'm going to talk just for a brief moment about the dozier school uh because i am working very you know hard with my yeah. partner mike Pavantonio to try and bring this to light and to try to get some justice for the, the victims of the Dozier School, um, which predominantly fell on African Americans. Um, I talked about this on another show. Uh, you know, kids were beaten if they talked to, if the black kid talked to the white kid. Just talking to them, not arguing with them, not fighting with them. Just, hey, what's your name? And if they got caught, they were dragged out and taken to the White House and beaten to within an inch of their life or raped or sexually assaulted. Um, and you know, I, I, I look back and I, and I, when I talk to all those victims and I look and I turn on the TV and I see all of this violence, all of this violence. And I know you talked, you, you touched on love and we talked about hope. What can we do about all of this gun violence? So 
Pastor? Um, what can we do? The first thing that comes to my mind, it's the same thing that came to my mind and I mentioned um, when the sheriff had that round table, gun violence round table. Culture, man. Culture. Culture, culture. culture. I, I don't know, and I know this, what I'm about to say is an old um, discussion. Is it society that influences Hollywood or is it Hollywood that influences society? Culture. Um, a lot of times, especially for young people, they will look at what they see on TV or in the movies, and all of a sudden that's what they want to do, that's what they want to be. Um, um, the music industry, um, when it comes to um, young African Americans, of course, all young people are impressionable, but if we're talking about the black community, a lot of these, a lot of our children think that a lot of the um, uh, rap artists come from that lifestyle that they rap about. That, that's nothing else can be farther from the truth. Um, men of the rap artists have learned what sales um, records, <laughs> and that's what, uh, well, there's a certain profanity. Profanity. That's right, that's exactly right. There's a certain character that sells. So it's, is, it, is it the ship of society that's driving Hollywood and entertainment, or is it Hollywood and entertainment that's driving the ship of society? But culture, one way or the other, it's about our culture. When we can knock down that wall of it being cool to carry a gun, um, and, and so once you have a gun, when you're in that culture, again, that subculture, now you're going to come across the reason to having to pull it. So, because now you don't want to seem like you you know, a punk. Can I say punk on here? You can say whatever you can say, whatever you want. <laughs> now you don't want to seem like you're a punk. Right. So now you got to pull it when you're in that kind of. But 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 and we're faced in a situation right now. Getting back to our government and talking truth to power. Now we got bills being filed in the legislature in Florida, taking away any restrictions from the concealed carry. They can carry. You can carry a concealed weapon, whatever you want. I mean, is it legal yet? It, it's it's not. It's not passed it's yet. It's going to pass. You know but it, it is. But you know it will. And so my point is, is that we once again. I know I. I I'm sorry to keep repeating myself, but no. it seems like in every regard right now we are taking one step forward, two yeah. steps back. Yeah. One thing that's not a good idea is for in and everybody to be able to own a gun. That's a fact. That's there are some people who don't have any business ha having, owning, mental, carrying. Mental under, illness? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There are some people that don't have any business. I mean, look me up. Take my name through the system. And if, and if some trickles come up to say that I haven't been proven to be trustworthy with the firearm, don't let me have one. Right. But if I have, then it's my right to be able to carry one. But 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 see, that's I think that's one of the things that people get confused about. We do have a concept. I'm, I'm a Second Amendment proponent. You know I, am. I like. I, I know you are you too. I know you are. <laughs> I, I'm a proponent of the Second Amendment. I think we do have the right to bear arms. Of course. But just like with but, every right. every constitutional right we have. There can be reasonable restrictions put on it. I, I, I use this example all the time. I got a First Amendment right to say whatever I want, but guess what? I can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right. okay? I can't talk about hatred, race, you know, uh, you know uh, hate, sp fire? hate speech. You know why you can't yell fire, fire in a crowded theater? Because if you do, somebody's going to get trampled on and die. And die. 
So, right. <laughs> so, so, so it, it, I, I think what people, you know, and everybody always says, oh, you know, they've been saying this for, you know, especially the, the, the NRA and everybody, whenever they're running the political offices, they're, they're like, they're going to come get your guns. They're going to come get, I mean, Bill Clinton was going to come get your guns. Yeah. Oh, Barack Obama was going to come get yeah, your guns. So Joe times. Biden is going to come get your gun. Nobody's coming to get your guns. Right. It's just that there has to be some kind of thing. And and that will be for a different discussion. But the mental health, you know, yeah. the mental health crisis we have in this country right yeah. now yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah, if I've been Baker acted for violence, um, you know, multiple times, but I can, you know, I'm pretty cool. I can, but all of a sudden I can snap and get, you know, mm-hmm. bad enough to get Baker acted. Then you telling me I can go and just on a good day go to Walmart and pick me up a gun. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. Well, listen, um, I, I've taken up enough of your time. I appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. I do have one one request. Okay. Everybody knows. I keep Tr, the People's Voice hat here. Yeah, yeah. But. I know personally, because I know you personally, that you are a baseball fan. Of course, yes, absolutely. So, so Love I would be remiss if I did not pull out my, because I know I know you're a huge Detroit Tigers fan. Oh my goodness! I know you're a huge Detroit Tigers. You know fan. that. So I'm gonna put this on for you and for your benefit. Go Miggy. Go Miggy. Go Miggy. Go Go Miggy. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the show today, Pastor. Uh, You've been very, you've been very uh, helpful and informative, and uh, we look forward to everybody joining us again on the next episode. When you put a microphone in front of a Baptist preacher, come on, man. Come on. You're gonna talk. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate you, Pastor. Appreciate it.